You'll never believe this. A pastor and a rabbi walk into a podcast. To discuss how faith and tradition should inspire but never limit us. Yeah, we talk about surfing, stand-up comedy, religion, family issues, pop rocks, and absolutely nothing at all. You'll have so much fun, you'll never believe we're actually religious leaders. Oh, I was waiting for that. That was like the one, I was like, come on, recording in progress. <laughs> you could say it. <laughs> I was gonna, I was literally, I was like giving it about one more second and I was going to be like, You're like Whoa. a passive aggressive wife. You're like, come on, <laughs> ask me how my day was, but I'm not going to tell you to. I'll be mad um, if you don't though. Nice. Don't you know what needs to be done without me telling you? Oh, that's my favorite. I love that sort of vibe. Oh, hey, do you write much better um, than that? Do you, do you, do you rap? Do you like, um, walk around the house rapping fat beats, uh, like beatboxing and writing things for the kids and stuff? No. Tell me what you mean. Do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just do raps all the time because like, it's the only way other than dad jokes, it's the way to get through the monotony and the busyness of you know, dad life. Right. Like, of course, like having to wipe butts for the past nine years you know it's just like you're you're constantly on call to wipe a butt and uh it's just there's so much monotony so if you write a song about it and it's so much better like okay here, here's one here's here's the one we're going to try and sing it together i don't know if there will be a delay or not but this will be good our, our listeners will love this too so um I'm yeah, gonna, there's a little delay go ahead um, um y- your line is so lucky try that okay i got try it so lucky so lucky so lucky yes perfect so it goes like this uh whenever one of my kids tells me they need me to come wipe their butt it goes get to wipe a butt 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 so lucky okay so after so it'll be four get to wipe a butts and then you come in so lucky ready um ready get to wipe a butt 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 so lucky oh, you're so late is that a, is that the zoom delay or are you so just, late do you need a do you need a coffee is that that might be a zoom delay we'll call it a zoom delay anyway and then there's like a little poop 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 in poop 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 in yeah poop 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 in get poop 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 in yeah poop 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 in so lucky it's good so anyway you are you are unbelievable listen i'll just tell you this you and i have a very different reality in that i gave up I said, I'm not wiping that butt anymore. And if you stink, this is your problem. You can just walk around with it. I'm not doing it. You got to learn how to do it. I did a lot of lessons on how it's done. You know, never forward, always back, all that sort of stuff. And I wiped my hands of it. No, no pun intended. <laughs> did you used to wipe your own butt though? No, I'm done. I told it's my own. <laughs> yes, I do wipe my own butt. I think the wave of the future is a bidet though. Um, at, at our, um, my, my no pun intended stuff. either. At my in-laws' house, they call it a, a booty spa. But that thing's oh, cool. that's awesome! What a great name for that. Yeah, I mean, they make them with heated seats, so your butt's nice and cozy on there. And mm. and then you really got to get the um the setting right though, because if the spray goes in the wrong spot, oh yeah, you're in trouble. You're getting stimulated. You can say that again. You did, did not want to get stimulated. <laughs> Even if you don't stimulate, it still don't want it there. The first time I used a bidet was at a Japanese hotel in Los Angeles. 
and uh, I was staying with a friend, Greg, um, for a conference and Greg went into the bathroom and then all of a sudden I hear him laughing hysterically and squealing. He's like, you gotta come see this. And so I, I'm like, I don't know if I want to see what you're doing in the bathroom. He, so he opens the door and he comes out. He's like, watch this. So I come around the corner, he hits the button and the water is shooting out of the toilet across the bathroom and out the door into the hallway of the wow. hotel. That's how powerful it is. And I thought, I'm not, I am not using that one. <clears throat> oh my God. I'll tell you the first time I ever saw a bidet, I stood there confused for like a half. I was like, is that the urinal? And that's the poop seat? Like, what, what am I looking at here? Where am I supposed to go? <laughs> and I was like, but there's something pointing at me. And I don't like that. That's not the angle I'm used to when I do the whole uh, urinal. I think other than, other than the weird stimulation, I think the, the other, the other part I don't like is I feel like water might be going places. I don't want it to go like my clothes mm. are up my back or something. And I'm like, I, you know, if I'm going to shower, I'll just get in the shower. I don't want to have to like strip down naked to go to the bathroom. Totally. And then, you know, wipe off my back too, or, you know, go change. My I could shirt. just imagine you walking down the hallway of the hall, you know, of the hotel and like, everything's fine, except you have like this line right down your crack of water. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and you're like, you're like, how's it going? Nice to see you. Hey, looking good. And people keep looking around like, what is that? Yep. Yep. So anyway, that's, that's what I do for fun. And the girls get into it too. You know, they start, they start jumping and then they have the so lucky line is theirs. Get to wipe a butt, get to wipe a butt. So lucky. And then we're just, <laughs> we're just jamming while we're uh, in the bathroom for a while. Sometimes we forget we're in there for a bit and just keep rolling. I mean, no one's going, no one's wiping. Everyone's just beatboxing in the back. Rocking it out. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, cool. There's, there's some other ones too. Maybe for more, for, for, for the next episode, I'll break out the, uh, Eat, eat my feet is another, another banger in the, uh, in the, exactly. When does that get applied? Can I just get a little preview? Uh, when does that get applied? It gets applied often during wrestling. Um, it's got it. it. The, the idea is that I want to take a bite of their foot and make a Chinese mm -hmm. baby feet soup out of it. Um, that's a good, right. One. I don't want to, I don't know. I mean, if I had a quarter for every time I said that to eat to your feet, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's that's how we roll in our house that's that's the coping mechanisms that that um that happen anyway right on. so um one of the things we've been talking about for other people to, to to eavesdrop on for today is um some of the some of the some of its anti-christian sentiment and, and uh, attacks and vandalism in Israel. Some of it seems like it's just anti anything other than uh, Judaism. Hmm. Some of it seems targeted. Some of it seems like it's just generalized that. So wait, let's, let's bring people up to speed. Do they know that? I mean, the most recent of which was the one I was checking out. There was something maybe like two months ago. I didn't get the full detail on. No, I did. I, I, I remember now there was one case where, um, there were gravestones that were decimated yeah. or desecrated, right? And that, and a bunch of them, not just a couple, in a Christian cemetery. And I believe it was in the old city, but I don't, I don't remember. No, maybe not. Maybe it wasn't in the old city. And then the other was that someone went into one of the churches, you'll probably know which one it was, and uh, toppled over a statue of Jesus. With a hammer. Um, with a hammer. Sorry, I, left the, I forgot about the hammer part. Um uh, I, I'd love, uh, first and foremost, I want to hear what was reported in the States. Cause like I told you, 
you asked me about it, and I said uh, this would, I was not on my radar at all. And I'm I'm, I'm a newsy. I, I kind of get the news, you know. I get the the push notifications about what's going on in the world. And I was like, I I totally missed this, and I had to really dig to find it. It was not like top of the news. Um, so tell me what 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 are people what's been covered? What's been what have you been hearing? Yeah, both those stories um, where they um, vandalized a cemetery, destroyed headstones. There were um, plants and shrubs and stuff ripped up gravestones in a Christian um, cemetery. Essentially, they were, I don't know if it was a all Christian cemetery or just these headstones, but some of them were actual crosses or had symbols on them. Oh, it is a Protestant cemetery on Mount Zion. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. The other one, yeah, the guy attacked the, um, it is the Chapel of Flagellation in the old city of Jerusalem. And, okay. Um, the guy burst in, he he seen, I guess he vandalized a couple of things, but the most prominent they report is he took a hammer to the, uh, to the, to the statue of Jesus. Um, and then the security guard tackled them. Right. And truth um, be told the the security guard in the, in the, in the original sort of when the whole thing went down was not, um, I don't even know if he's an Israeli citizen. He's not, he was Arab, which I found to be interesting. I mean, he's probably Christian Arab, but who knows? Um, he tackled the guy. And then he was subsequently, this this individual was arrested by the Israeli police and detained. I don't know. I don't think there were any subsequent stories to sort of say what the outcome fully was. Um, but they they were, I, how were they pitching the story in your neighborhood? Because in my neighborhood, they said that this individual might have been mentally challenged. That was like the headline. Yeah, they the weren't headline, sure. The, head, yeah. the headlines were more like attacks on, on Christians around the rise. They they report there have been five cases of vandalism or violence by Jews in Jerusalem against mm -hmm. churches or Christian gatherings. Another one was about the anti, the new Israeli government supports an ultra nationalist policy aimed at those who do not share their religion and those who can are considered bad Jews. <laughs> did they did bad, they say what the policy bad, was? Bad Jews. bad Jews. Yeah, well, bad Jews are always in trouble. The, probably more than non Jews. Let's be honest. But wait, what did they did they give you an actual inkling of what the policy was? Because I I don't know what that policy is either. I don't know. No, they said um, specifically finance minister. Uh, I'm going to butcher the name. I apologize. No, go for it. I'll help you out. Bezalel Smotrich. Yeah, Be Bezalel Smotrich. He's one of, there are two people who came into the new incoming party. He's one. And the other is a guy named uh, Ben Gvir. Um, and the two of them are are like, first of all, we just have to, I guess we should probably take a step back and give a little bit of the context of what's going on. Um, there is a right-wing party that has been uh, voted in to this pre pre this present administration. It has a lot of people concerned. Those two individuals in particular have been on the radar of, all, I mean, Israeli police as well as other um, nations, it looks like. People are very concerned that um, there is going to be a lot of right-wing movement uh, in the government. Um, so far, very little has happened. I mean, it's still early days. But very little has happened. And so people are concerned about that. That's the sort of starting point. Um, and it might even be a little bit of the excuse for the response that that I think is going on to these incidents. But what's interesting, I think, as well, is that this individual who um, carried out the most recent attack and, and with the hammer, um, the first thing I thought when they said that the person might be mentally 
disturbed. I think they said challenge. Mental, mentally challenged is that if you heard about a, I mean, you definitely saw the Simpsons episode where they came to Israel. Did you not? Uh-uh. Oh, so in the Simpsons episode where they came to Israel, they they touched on something which is a it's it's actually a, a, a not a constant reality, but it's a definite reality in this country. And Leah, my wife, um, had this happen to one of her students. Somebody got uh, in the in the episode um, Homer gets Jerusalem syndrome. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Have you heard of this? No. It is a like, it is a documented thing where someone gets a sort of derangement. I don't know if it's like the first time they're in Jerusalem, but they get a what is a psychological derangement of sorts where they go crazy. And there was an individual who came, a student who came on the program. And sure enough, he had this reaction to being in Jerusalem and he had to be sent home the whole night. I mean, like he was he literally thought that my wife, other people on staff were were out to get him. It was really strange. So my my initial thought was, OK, maybe this person is having some sort of, you know, uh, mental episode that could that could probably be the case, um, but I was also shocked to see that this had happened in the in the cemetery. These other things that happened, um, trying to connect these things to the government at this point, I think is is a a little bit of a stretch. Um, like I said, there's been no policy changes. There's been nothing that's been done, um, but I think a lot of people are looking for instead of looking at an incident like this and saying you know what, this is some crazies. They're saying, oh, look, the government's, you know, the new government's causing these problems. And I think that that's, that's preemptive. I think that's a little bit, you know, too premature, if you will. And it's a little bit jumping the gun, but go ahead. What your thoughts? Well, I think it's just, uh, I don't, I don't think the general public, I think just, is it a, is it a thing? I mean, if there's five you know, it's funny that Americans where there's been like 37 plus mass shootings, suddenly right. there's been five, there's been five instances of violence in Jerusalem we need to talk about now. So it's not major news. It's just headlines that I seem to pick up on. Um, but there were, there were five in Jerusalem, uh, you know, attacks specifically against Christians. So I guess the idea is, is that a predominant, um, is anti-Jewish or anti anti-non-Jewish? Because that's the two the two things that these articles are wrestling with is it, this is either targeting Christians or it's a group of people who are against anyone in Israel who is non-Jewish. Are either of those things true? Is there like a sense of like if you're living here, you shouldn't be anything other than Jewish? So that's that's a great question. I'll give you this. Thank Number you. one, I think think that there's one segment of the population who are um, much more to the right and much more in the fringe that yeah. may hold an idea like that. Um, but they are far, far, far from the the general populace. That's one. Two, um, something which the Prime Minister of Israel right now, who's now in I think his fifth term as Prime Minister, which is unbelievable to think about. I know in America that no one would ever be the president for five terms. Um, but he, uh, what he likes to quote, and I and I I thank him for doing so, is that um, what people tend to forget is that the Middle East is the only place, uh, Israel is the only place in the Middle East where you can freely practice your religion, no matter what religion you are. And we pride ourselves. Israel prides itself in that uh, in that fact. I mean, if you went into the area where um, this quote unquote attack occurred, 
um, you would see that there's an intersection of four. And we're clear. That's all the time we have for today. Armenian and. We lost you for a second, Jim. <laughs> I'm sorry. We need to let you know. I know your PR is trying to pull you out the door for another meeting, but uh, thanks. No, for no, I'm back. I'm back. So the, uh, so the, um, what I, what I was saying was that uh, Israel prides itself in being the only uh, country in the Middle East where you can practice your religion, no matter what your religion is. And if you go into the old city where this attack occurred um, with the hammer, you will quickly notice that there is an intersection of four separate communities, uh, that being the Jewish, Muslim, Christian, and Armenian quarters are all part of the old city. And usually under normal circumstances live in peace and harmony, thank God. Um, but the the government itself has no interest, I don't think, has no interest, I think, in, let, let's put it this way, if there's anyone that the, these two people we were talking about are concerned about, it is definitely not the Christians. These people have, and I don't agree with them on this, let's put it out there in the beginning, they are, they are not happy with the Arab contingent in Israel. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't read up on them. I don't know if they want them to leave, but the fact that people are saying like, oh, these people are out to get the Christians. No, there's no sort of ethnic cleansing that these people want in this country. And if they want something, it's that they are so, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be giving them the benefit of the doubt here. They are so frustrated with the present situation that they are, don't know what to do about the Arab population. Hmm. Is that because, is it because they're Arab inherently or because they're presumed amongst them? God of uh, people who are Arab in this community, Muslim. No, no, no. But we, that's the the term that we use. It's not, it's not a religious term necessarily because they can be Christian Arabs. Yeah, they can be yeah. Muslim Arabs. Right. right so they, so more than anything. Yeah. Right. So that, that group of people, thank God on the sweeping majority do not have any problem with Israelis and we live in peace and harmony. There's somebody, please God coming to my house tomorrow who lives in the neighboring uh, village um, who is uh, who is part of the Arab community? He's coming to clean my house. He's a good friend of ours. He has been working with my brother-in-law across the hall for years. Like we like, it, that's usually how things go. Unfortunately, there are people who are on both sides who are digging their heels in and making life harder for all of us, which is just sad. And and unfortunately, you can see in this instance, it's actually spilling over into other communities. You know what I mean? And making things harder for everybody. So, yeah, yeah, and I mean that's the. There's uh, political analysts. Uh, it looks like there's one Israeli and one Palestinian political analyst in different articles that are saying that, you know, it is extremist Israelis who now feel stronger than ever, um, especially after the most religious and hardline government in Israel was elected. This is Akram Atah, right. who's Palestinian. Right. And, and it's, right. I mean, it's comparable to these kind of right wing. Uh, folks in America who were emboldened because for years they felt like they were losing their country. And then president Trump got elected. Right. These guys suddenly felt like they could enact violence in his name. And they were like, they could come out of the closet with their violence and hatred and, <clears throat> um, and, and, and the rest of the world looked at America and said, Oh, that, you know, America is becoming an anti, you know, anti-gay or anti-Muslim or, insert whatever you want here right uh, nation it's like well i mean the administration is a poor representation of the country one two these mm -hmm. are just some nut jobs right who 
you know, they can believe what they want to believe, but once they become extremists who enact it and take over the capital and um, begin to, you know, put flags in other people's neighborhoods and mass, you know, have these mass attacks on um, gay clubs and other things, you're like, this is not appropriate. This isn't the America we were looking for. Even if you did vote for the administration that's in place, you know, a right. lot of those people weren't. And I feel the same for you is that, you know, in, in the narrative that's being set is it's anti-Christian, which is loose. I mean, it might, I, I, I mean, at best, it might be anti-non-Jewish, according to some of these articles, but right. that's not the nation. That's not the predominant. It. Um, it's just how these, how these people come out of the closets and, you know, hatred is no longer a, uh, an acceptable way to live you know we've abolished mm -hmm. slavery we've elevated women we've um advocated for the rights of all races all religions even all gender identities and uh, sexual preferences and people who don't like it you know feel silenced even though they're just they're you know they just can't be as hateful about it so suddenly they're like well i haven't been able to hate on people for years and now, <laughs> now i'm going to town i'm gonna get my my white sheet out of the closet and my pitch, pitchfork yeah. and torch and march down to the capitol or something totally um, no but i think i think what's important in both of those cases is what i was saying which is you know uh, even when trump was you know in we would all agree and the same thank god is happening here very little policy changes are being made when somebody breaks the law that often comes to play when um, people report on the, the conflict here and they say, see, look, the um, this person, you know, on the on the on the uh, other side of my fence ha uh, stabbed someone in the Jewish sector. But if you saw last week that there was a, an IDF soldier that shot someone. So see, it's equal. And I was like, no, what you don't understand is that when those both of those things happened, no one in this community, I don't even think they're fringe right, you know, celebrated. And th that person, the IDF soldier is under investigation, you know what I mean, for the for the shooting or whatever happened, right? Whereas on the flip side, when there was horrible violence uh, two weeks ago, there was, um, there was, in a, there were, uh, there have been a whole, there's been a slew, it's been a bit, really bad couple of weeks, but two weeks ago, um, just as Shabbat was coming in, Somebody uh, went went into a synagogue and started shooting people, and, and he killed uh, a couple that had been married two months before. Um, and when all of this happened, and I hate to I hate to you know point fingers in any way, but there were celebrations, there were fireworks, there were bonfires. People were celebrating on the other side that that we had been slaughtered and massacred. And whenever this happens, on the flip side, whenever I see a story, and I know I'm not alone in this, when I I feel horrible for what happened. I always want to know the full story. That's first and foremost. But I, but you know, if something did happen that was unjust, I want that that soldier, even though they're 18 years old, they're a child, they probably didn't know what they were doing. Um, justice is supposed to be blind, and they have to be. They have to serve their time. You know, they shouldn't. Not nobody gets off for that. I have a question though, in that regard, did you? I mean, have you seen stories about what's been going on in the in that regard in this neighborhood? Have you heard anything about that? About the the minor who. No, 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 no. About the the other one, about the story about when on the way into Shabbat that there, I think there were seven people who were killed. Um, there were two stabbings today. There were, uh, as of uh, just before Shabbat, this past Shabbat, uh, someone rammed a car into a bus stop and killed two eight year an eight year old and a six year old child, and their fathers in in the ICU in 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 a coma. I mean, like, have you seen these stories? Do they come out in America? 
No, no, not predominantly. I mean, I, I scour other sources than most mainstream media. And that's kind of how I know about these other anti-Christian ones, but let me take No, a- sure. No, I, I mean, look, I, I, that's some of those things are hardest for me because the stories that tend to get more play, I, that's why I'm asking you as well is because stories that get play outside of Israel, um, they tend to be stories that, that, that put us in a bad light and the stories which um, are unfortunately happening um, they don't get coverage. I'll tell you, uh, just sort of in, the, in another... Uh, well, the uh, big one we're hearing about is the, uh, the new clam-flavored M&Ms are here. Oh, yes. Those are those are big. You heard about those? The clam yeah, Maya Rudolph's new clam M&Ms. Those are getting big press. And uh, I say that time I, I can't because if we're not... I mean, we hear about every... You know, the, the political... The media's agenda is to politicize hatred essentially so they're putting out um it just feels like what they're what they're cherry picking to talk about are the ones that villainize other groups you know it's like the anti-christian sentiment in israel you're telling me firsthand it's not the majority uh and yeah it's being uh it's it's in some of the political party but that's what we're hearing that it's anti-christian and it's the majority of folks and instead you know they're not telling the story that you said about the the attacks, the car that that uh, slammed into an eight-year-old, and that kind of stuff. No, I mean the the stories that are going, thank God, are getting play here, but unfortunately, are probably not getting a lot of press outside of Israel. There was a delegation that was sent after the earthquakes from um, from our one of our um, it's called Hezbollah, but when uh, um, it's not called Hezbollah, that's the wrong Hezbollah. thing. We have. Uh, <laughs> I was like, that's not ours. Hold on. <laughs> um, well, we'll, we'll have edit that Hats- out. If we had an editor. Just, just pretend you never it's, heard that, everybody. It's called it's called Hatzalah, which means to save a life, not Hezbollah, which is a totally different thing. So yeah, so we sent a delegation um, from our United Hatzalah, um, which is the the organization that does most of the um, saving of lives here in Israel. Was it like um, a, of be- course, a beauty when- pageant to determine who you delegated? Was it like a exactly a, a it was, contest? There was a, it, it, there was a, I want to save the world. Yes, there was a whole thing that was done before we uh, we decided who got to go. Um, France! When, <laughs> when, we, when we sent the delegation, um, it was actually the same day on the Friday um, last week when there was this car ramming. Um, at the same time, they, were, they, they pulled out uh, someone who was alive uh, from the rubble in Turkey. And when they did... Um, all of the people surrounding uh, the community, you know, who were there from the community, started yelling out "Allah Akbar," which oh, uh, which means God is great. Um, but at the same exact moment, uh, someone here in Israel was driving their car into the bus stop and killing these two children and uh, hospital horribly hospitalizing the father, mm-hmm. yelling out the same phrase. And the person who wrote this thing up basically said, please, God, can there be a day soon where, where this phrase is only used for saving lives and sanctifying God's name and never be used for killing someone again? I mean, I started crying when I heard it. It was just, it, it, it absolutely crushed me because as much as it's, you know, uh, as it's hard to sit here and listen to, um, stories that are getting amplified and stories which are getting not amplified, uh, you know, those that are good, those that are bad. This just sort of whittled it all down to, you know, why can't we all just get along? You know what I mean? And that's really, from where I sit, that's that's the hardest part is that um, it kills me to see one any side, when it's my side, 
when it's another side, when, when we're doing the wrong thing, I just, I want us all to, to work to, to, you know, make this world a better place together. Well, that's the hard part is, is what the media and the narratives are saying is, uh, is there, is that everyone else is trying to divide us and that, um, mm-hmm. they're, you know, that group is against us. Like we said, all the media here about these attacks in Jerusalem are that it was an anti-Christian attack and the government's mm-hmm. behind it and the people are supporting it. Mm-hmm. And really when talking to you and digging into other news sources, it's, it's an extremist. It's some, some, some extremists who are emboldened because they now feel represented when they hadn't been. And the government needs to speak up against hatred and crime and violence in any form. And they're not, you know, predominantly not whether it's there or whether it's here. You know, I think there's a huge sense when, when no one's denouncing this. And so um, all we hear is it's anti-Christian over there and, and not that, you know, there's this huge relief effort in Turkey and there mm-hmm. is, uh, like you said, multi uh, religions that are allowed to, exp- you know, there's a freedom of religion essentially there that is more prevalent than these extremists. Um, and I don't know what to do to, to really you know, mend that because people seem more interested at watching the news and believing what hatred the news spews about Mm -hmm. other parties than I'm going to talk to my friend who's a rabbi in Israel and figure this out. You know what I mean? Or I'm going to totally, I'm going to go find out what's going on. Listen, I I think there's, we have, there's also a classic case. I don't know if you heard um, what happened on Joe Rogan's podcast this week. It was a, it was big news in the Jewish community. Um, he had a couple people on actually from a podcast I, I've been listening to lately um, called Breaking Points. And while he was ta- while Joe while they were talking, Joe Rogan threw out a joke, and of course they played it with the whole context on their show. And I listened to it, but basically what he said was um, they were talking about how money um, is what sort of drives everything in in Washington D.C. That money is really the driving force behind everything. Mm-hmm. And Joe Rogan throws out and says. Um, yeah, Jews don't like money just like Italians don't like pizza. In his defense, was that everybody loves money. He's like, where are you getting off? Like, everybody loves money. Like, that's ridiculous to say that. He said it in the wrong way. It was off color. It was, uh, you know, it was like off the cuff. But the, the Jewish community is going nuts and calling for his head. And what's interesting is that it's exactly what you're saying, which is the media took it and spun it in a way, Joe Rogan and these two other people, anti-Semitic. They're anti-Semitic. Look at them, and it's like I don't, I don't think that's what they are. I don't think they're pulling out the, you know, like you said, pulling out the sheet. You know what I mean, and going to light up a, yeah. a, a cross. These people, for better or for worse, one of them in particular made a bad joke. The other ones sort of ignored it. Um, but what, what I found most interesting, which is also related to what we're talking about, was that when the when the female host was talking about you know, not really defending. Cause she said, I don't think that my actions need any defense. I don't think I said anything wrong. I would say what I said over and over again. And she's like, and no one's going to tell me that something's anti-Semitic. And I'm then like the way that they're doing that. You can't criticize the Israeli government because it's anti-Semitic. And I was like, hold on sister. <laughs> so if I could have sat her down, I would have said the one thing that we do not have right now is 
a dearth in the in, in people you know criticizing Israel. That's mm. not what mm. we have. So don't get it off like playing like, look at me, I'm 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 strong. I'm not going to take this. You know, like right. no one's going to tell me that I can't criticize Israel. It's like, please, can we just have like not looking for you to? You know, I'm not calling you anti-Semitic. I. If you had asked me what I would have done if I think if I had been sitting in Joe Rogan's studio, maybe I wouldn't have had the strength to do it. I would have said, well, I wouldn't have worded it that way, you know, and then moved on. You know what I mean? But like she said nothing. But and, and then, isn't there so a difference got, between being anti-Semitic and criticizing the government, criticizing the Israeli government? I mean, 100%. part of part of having a democracy is there's a constant openness to criticism and a democratic process to make change. Okay. That's that's the avenue. It doesn't mean I think because Israel's different in that it's a religious state, it it, mm-hmm. it is essentially co mingled with Judaism. But if you're right. if you're shooting down policies versus what Joe Rogan said, you know, making fun of Jews love money and the noses and the mothers and that kind of stuff, if those jokes are it are certainly anti Semitic somewhat you know, and yeah, they're probably, they're, they're at least insensitive. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Part. They're at least insensitive. I mean, I don't, but I think the way that people are like, it's this, it's this, what you're talking about. It's these polar opposites of people who are, who are not willing to one, have a conversation, which is what they, the point they were trying to make when they got, when they stepped in it. And then you have the other side, which is like, as soon as you say something wrong, cancel everything. And yeah, it's, it's like, it is anti-Semitic no, no. because the word, yeah. Cause it was about Jew Judaism and I was or like, Israel. There's something in between. I mean, when I heard what he said, mm-hmm. even if in context, I listened about this with Dave Chappelle, when Dave Chappelle came on SNL and he, he talked about, you saw, you saw his monologue, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So like I said the same thing, people were screaming, this is anti-Semitic. And I'm like, no, it's just not funny. His jokes weren't that good. And if you're going to push the line, you got to be funny. And if you're not being funny, then you just seem like you're saying something that's not sensitive. Do you see what I'm saying? And Joe Rogan's line wasn't funny. There was nothing funny about it. I was like, that's supposed to be funny that like Italians love pizza and Jews love money. Like that's not funny. And so, but the, but the problem is, is that you have this like this mentality, because what were they talking about? This all came in the context of the fact that Ilhan Omar got got taken off of the Foreign Affairs Committee for anti-Semitic comments that she made. They don't think that her comments are anti-Semitic. And I was like, now you guys have really lost the thread. I was like, I have heard a lot of things that she said over many years now, and she doesn't apologize for most of them. he says things that are beyond insensitive. She says things like Jews. It's all about the Benjamin. She goes, I'm not even going to quote all of them. And I was like, so how do you, how do you separate and talk to people and sit down and say, Hey, listen, I certainly don't want to point a finger at you and say that you're anti-Semitic because I don't think that you are. And she said herself, the the hostess of the, the hostess of the show, look at our track record. We've defended things and, and, and called things out that were anti-Semitic. You know, when Kanye West was saying what he was said, we came out and said what he, you know, and I said, great. It doesn't hurt to just say that's not what I meant and explain yourself. You know what I mean? That doesn't hurt. Sure. Right. Yeah. And I mean, the, the lack of vulnerability or um, ownership of what people are doing, you know, the sense that, um, hey, I said something insensitive, didn't realize it. And, you know, 20 years ago, it was funny and still insensitive. But I realize now just, you know, it's not not fair. No it, one's saying it, that. it's not a good wine. It did not age well. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's still, it doesn't mean it's appropriate just because people laughed at it. The other 100%. one I think is funny is, is, uh, people aren't allowed to change their mind on things. 
you know, they'll mm-hmm. call you out on something you said 10 years ago. And it's like, yeah, I, I don't even think that's funny anymore. I don't, I don't agree with that anymore. Yeah. I voted that way, but now I'm totally different. Right. They'll call you out right. on something you did a long time ago. And instead people will either ignore or double down rather than being like, yeah, haven't you changed in 10 years? Haven't you, <laughs> haven't you evolved <laughs> in, I, in what you thought was my funny? Favorite jokes. I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to be able to tell you who the guy is. I know him by face, but I don't know him by name. He's a, he's a pretty popular comedian right now. And he, uh, he, he, his joke was, he goes, yeah, he was like, um, you know, I was once with a 16 year old girl. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. He was like, it was 30 years ago. Was I school. was 16. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that wrong? Like, you know, like, you know, you can't take everything that was, be, you know, from before and say like, you know, yeah, it's but like, look, I, listen, if there's one thing I've said about, about Israel, it, it, we, we have the worst PR on the planet. Like we really <laughs> don't do a good job of getting out there. The fact that number one, we're doing good things. Number two, not everything that happens on this soil is our fault. You know, like there's a lot of things, but, but the one thing that, that I, that I do think that the prime minister has said over and over again, which should be reiterated is that we, that our, our laws on the books, the way that this country functions, the way the government functions is, is to make sure that this is a safe haven for all religions. And when something like, you know, happens where somebody desecrates a holy site, a, 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 um, a cemetery or, or does anything out of line like that, they're brought to justice for it. They're taken, you know, you could, you can criticize and say, maybe they should have gotten a, a harsher sentence, whatever, but they're not just, we don't just go, Hey, go. Yeah. You did a great job. You, you, you did that. That's not, that's definitely not the way this, this is a democracy all, all through and through. Yeah. And I think more important than you defending the government or the political policy is just the openness for dialogue and, listening and then figuring out, okay, what, what needs to improve and how do we learn from one another? Cause that's, what's not happening even, you know, within the government that's trying to be, it looks like more, more diverse with bringing these people in and they're being criticized for, you know, they bring in a diversity and they're being criticized for the worst of that, you know, political agenda, these extremists rather than this, isn't it great that we have two people who can discuss and uh, figure out the best for, the country together it's well you're you're emboldening these extremists and these people shouldn't even be involved in uh policy making and <clears throat> and government discussion look uh, i think i think there's a level of of nerves that it, that's in this country right now and then it's at a very i think we're very government that's that was voted in um and as and as you know, every side can say when that happens, it's a democracy. We have to sort of, you know, they got voted in fair and square. We have to deal with what we, what we have right now, but there are people, there were 60,000 people who took off of work today and, and, and uh, protested in the streets because they were disappointed uh, and uncomfortable and concerned about judicial reforms that are on the way. And I'm like, if that's not democracy, I don't know what is, you know what I mean? Like that's what, that's the way it should be. And this place is uh, has is and thank please God will always be that no matter who gets into power. And, and by the way, we've had we've had people in the past who who came into the into the Knesset. They were also of big concern and thought to be very very right wing. And then when they got uh, voted in, they realized they had to play the game a little bit. And you know they didn't they didn't like you know take down the system. They they worked within the system, and a lot of what they did wasn't as bad as everyone thought it was going to be. And please God. That'll be the way it'll be here. Yeah. Well, that seems like a good a good place to end. And praying it all does kind of come to a 
respectful, unified solution. And um, yeah, glad we can talk about this. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Talk to you next time.